Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, July 30th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Children under 12 are not eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine, but they can still catch and spread coronavirus. At this point, especially with the Delta variant, we've learned that it's just as contagious for kids as it is adults. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan talks with a St. Louis area pediatrician who shares tips on keeping young children healthy. The St. Louis County Executive's Office is investigating accusations of racist attacks directed at the county's acting health director during a heated meeting this week. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports Faisal Khan said in a letter he was subjected to slurs and physical threats when trying to speak in favor of a renewed mask mandate to protect against the coronavirus. On Wednesday, Khan, who is from Pakistan, sent a letter to the council chairwoman that described his experience during and after the presentation. He says meeting attendees mocked his accent, shoved him, and questioned his medical credentials. Khan says important public health information about the dangerous Delta variant was lost in the chaos. That purpose was clearly not achieved. It was derailed um, as a result of the unnecessary and um, potentially toxic political theater that played out in the background. Khan, who admits to flipping off members of the crowd, says the council allowing such behavior has further eroded public trust and will make it harder for the government to put necessary health measures in place. County Executive Sam Page called the behavior shameful and says he's investigating the incident. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Thousands of people in the St. Louis region could lose their homes after a federal ban on evictions expires tomorrow. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention moratorium has protected those who can't pay rent from eviction during the pandemic. St. Louis and St. Louis County have rental assistance programs, but many have been waiting for months to receive payments. Melissa Pasha is a tenant advocate at the Metropolitan St. Louis Equal Housing and Opportunity Council. She worries many will not receive assistance in time. This is on a very, very, very large scale um, that we are going to have crisis levels of people that are without housing right now. Pasha says local officials need to send payments directly to renters. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones is redirecting $3 million in city spending to help battle the impact of the pandemic. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, she will take the budget action on her own without input from other top city officials. Jones wants to spend about a million dollars on more vaccination clinics, including another vehicle for mobile clinics. She'll also spend about $1.5 million on a variety of services for those facing eviction. The money will come from the Affordable Housing Trust Fund, federal block grants, and a 2017 public safety sales tax. Jones says she will pay back the money once aldermen approve federal COVID relief. That's bogged down in a dispute over spending on economic development in North St. Louis. Executive action is necessary because we are still in the middle of a pandemic. State data show that just 36 percent of all St. Louis residents are fully vaccinated. And with a federal eviction moratorium set to expire on Saturday, thousands of residents are at risk of losing their homes. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Jones made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. One of the most prominent Missouri Democrats will not run for U.S. Senate next year. Former Governor Jay Nixon says he is choosing a different path. 
Five Democrats have registered with the Federal Election Commission, but they do not have Nixon's name recognition. They will be running to replace Republican Roy Blunt, who announced his retirement in March. Republican candidates include former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens and State Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Also in state politics, Republican Treasurer Scott Fitzpatrick is running for state auditor. Current auditor Nicole Galloway is not seeking another term. Illinois has awarded 55 new marijuana dispensary licenses in the first of three lotteries after more than a year of delays. The state came under fire for not including more applicants headed by people of color in its initial lottery set for last year. Kareem Kenyatta co-founded the Majority Minority Group and helped nearly 40 individuals apply for dispensary licenses. He's optimistic Illinois will establish black and brown-owned marijuana dispensaries. For the first time in a long time, uh, folks actually have hope in the process. And, you know, obviously it's been a long time coming. The state will give out 55 licenses specifically for social equity applicants on August 6th and hold a lottery for the original 75 licenses on August 19th. There will be 185 new licenses after all drawings. Ten will go to the Metro East. More children are testing positive for coronavirus throughout the U.S., but a vaccine for children under 12 is still months away. St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan asked St. Luke's Hospital pediatrician Deline Michalak if unvaccinated children are at risk. We know that kids a lot of times can carry the virus and not necessarily have symptoms. At this point, especially with the Delta variant, we've learned that it's just as contagious for kids as it is adults. Part of, I think, the reason why the numbers for kids wasn't as high. Kids, we took them out of school, we started social distancing, things like that. So they really weren't together at that point when things got, you know, to the peak of the pandemic. But now we are seeing those numbers increase again with the Delta variant. And currently, again, according to the CDC, kids have made up about 14% of the cases of the COVID. I'm glad that you bring up the Delta variant because right now, I mean, obviously it makes up the majority of cases. It's driving some of these surges, these outbreaks in Missouri and elsewhere. You know, should parents be concerned? So as parents, you know, we should always be concerned and protective of our children. And I don't necessarily think it's a point to be fearful. And of course, we don't want to raise anxiety or fear in our children. But again, it's a reminder that we still need to continue to take those steps of wearing our masks, socially distancing, doing appropriate hand hygiene. What are your thoughts on masking? Like, are there certain times or situations where kids who are unvaccinated should definitely be wearing a mask? I think definitely when they're around other people, especially one, if they're going out back to school, we know school's getting ready to start again, or close quarters where we can't necessarily ask people if they're vaccinated or not. Now, if you're in a household where, you know, the parents are vaccinated, grandparents are vaccinated, those are places that it's safe. But if your kids are in, again, smaller area where more people are that you can't necessarily know their status, I would recommend that they go ahead and mask. 
one thing that I wanted to talk about was gatherings. Um, I'm hearing from some families that they would like to get together, you know, maybe have one of those like long awaited family reunions that they've been putting off, but they're nervous because not all of the adults there will be vaccinated. Do you have any advice for parents who are trying to navigate this situation right now? I think if families are wanting to get together, the best thing is, one, that is your family. So at least those are people who are approachable that you can ask for their vaccination status. And I feel overall, most people should be understanding, especially when kids are involved, that you want to be safer. And if it's limiting how many people come to that family gathering or maybe doing it more so by location that you know it isn't necessarily everybody in the family who meets up and still including you know like a zoom or you know some sort of virtual family members on there if they aren't vaccinated but i think not to be fearful of kind of standing up to make sure that everybody is safe do we have any idea of when a vaccine could be approved or ready to go for children who are under 12. So all the information out there right now seems to point more so at some point in winter that we'll have a vaccine for that age group. But of course, nothing's guaranteed at this point. What would you say to a parent who's feeling conflicted about getting their child vaccinated? So again, I think part of it is just being educated. And that's something as a physician I really try to do with my patients is to ask them, you know, what questions do you have about the vaccine or vaccines? Why are you on the fence? Because most patients or parents when they come in really already overall have their minds made up as far as what they want and what they don't want. And my job, how I see it, is really to fill those gaps and answer those questions that haven't been answered yet. But I think the important part is that parents have all the information that they need so they can weigh everything out and decide what they feel is the best decision for themselves and their children. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan speaking with pediatrician Deline Michalak. Our David Cosseres edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.